Today, mobile banking is a given. But what about mobile payments? Alphonse Pasquale, a new industry analyst at Javelin, where he focuses on security risk and fraud, says fraud and security concerns surrounding emerging payments instruments and channels are posing increasing concerns for financial institutions, especially as more non-traditional financial players continue to take a seat at the emerging payments table. So how can financial institutions not only ensure the security of emerging payments, but also better position themselves to be the security leaders? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, and I'm here today with Alphonse Pasquale, who shares his thoughts about emerging payments, fraud, and the ongoing role financial institutions will play in securing the mobile channel. Alphonse, you recently joined Javelin as a fraud analyst who focuses on financial services. Before we jump in, why don't you give us a little background about yourself and the role that you'll be playing at Javelin? Well, Tracy, uh, my professional experience has primarily been within the world of fraud investigations. And that's taking me to some interesting places. And prior to Javelin, I had spent time working at HSBC and Goldman Sachs while the mortgage market was hot. Uh, those times were exciting for everyone in the financial industry, but working where I had and doing what I was doing definitely provided a unique perspective on just how pervasive fraud could be. Uh, after the bottom fell out, I moved on to FIS, and they are massive, serving merchants and financial institutions throughout the country and around the world. You know, payment fraud is where it's at for criminals right now, without a doubt. And whereas working for the big banks, looking at loans or loan pools, came with one way of thinking. Uh, working in payments definitely means being mindful of security. With payments fraud, you're talking about criminals in possession of an incredible number of compromised identities and accounts. Understanding how they could have been obtained helps shape an investigation, so you have to be mindful of all the ways this stuff can be had. You know, I can say it's been a lot of fun along the way, uh, but right now I'm just happy to get to bring all that experience to Javelin. You know, I've been there, I've had those interactions, and I think being able to resonate in that way with such a broad audience is incredibly important. And moving on to the mobile discussion, I know Javelin has conducted some research, well, at least research on the consumer front, about mobile payments and security, and some of those results have revealed that consumers, more often than not, turn to financial institutions for security when it comes to any type of mobile transaction. What can you tell us about some of that survey data that Javelin has collected over the last two years? There's some great findings that everyone in the field uh, should be aware of as far as consumer perceptions on mobile and wallets, some of which will be really germane to the financial industry. You know, we know that 63% of mobile bankers are interested in using a mobile wallet, which is twice that of all mobile consumers. That's really important to note. And of all consumer segments, uh, which includes all consumers, online bankers, mobile bankers are the most likely to rate security as compelling when selecting a new bank. And it wouldn't be much of a stretch to think that they place the same value on wallet security. Now, smartphone use continues to increase, with half of mobile users now owning smartphones, which we're projecting to be three quarters by 2016, but only 10% of mobile phone owners have used a device to make a purchase using contactless payment. You know, so the market's really in its infancy. Um, there's a lot of data there, but I really think that the mobile banker perspective, you know, how they feel about mobile wallets, you know, says a lot. And so what new or emerging trends are supporting the fact that banks be more involved in securing third-party services or just securing mobile financial transactions overall? It's really all about the current state of mobile device vulnerability. You combine the increasing adoption of smartphones with the growing threat of mobile malware and low consumer familiarity with mobile anti-malware software, and you have a serious problem in the making. And those third-party solutions you speak of are going to help stem the tide. Now, if that wasn't true, I don't think Microsoft would have recently acquired Phone Factor. Yeah, there's an interesting point that you make about Microsoft's acquisition of Phone Factor because it's something that's kind of been buzzed about. Do you think that Microsoft might be making a play here to get into mobile transactions of some sort when it comes to financial? Microsoft has been talking about their own wallet deployment, so mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. And then going back to some of these survey results and, and talking a little bit about the fact that institutions oftentimes are turned to by consumers to be security leaders, why are the results that Javelin's collected so important when it comes to what institutions should be doing now and into the future, and what would you say are the primary takeaways? 
Well, I think the, the really the prime takeaway is that banks need to build on the relationship they have with their existing consumers. You know, that's their in. While overall consumer perception of banks is mediocre, especially after the past several years, their existing consumers have a very strong positive uh, feeling for their banks. And that's really a great opportunity to transition um, those existing customers to a mobile wallet. They need to you know, hone in on that. So what are some of the fraud challenges that you see surrounding emerging digital currencies like the mobile wallet? The security challenges are specific to the type of technology implemented, and that's also part of the problem. Uh, mobile wallet leaders are not well-defined, so there's a mix of technologies that haven't been thoroughly implemented or tested, at least from a security standpoint. You know, An infected device can potentially compromise most mobile wallet implementations, but beyond that, you have to look at NFC. And for NFC, it's all about controlling the secured element. You know, we actually discussed that in our recent uh, mobile wallet report. You need to ensure that all sensitive payment information that's being stored on the phone is stored within that element. And I think Google Wallet's recent issues you know, come to mind as an example of what can happen when you attempt to do otherwise. And as we've seen with situations like the Michaels breach, uh, there's always the threat of a payment terminal compromise, which could also affect EMV, which you know, has a pretty strong tie-in with NFC. And there's also the cloud. Stolen consumer credentials could potentially expose all of their account information. And then you don't just need to worry about the security of their mobile device, but also the desktop laptops that they use to manage their wallet in the cloud. Access to those credentials and compromise of those, those credentials is the kind of scenario that no one wants to see. And then what about peer-to-peer payments? Peer-to-peer payments, of course, you know, is something that we talk about quite a bit when it comes to mobile payments. But what about the security challenges, especially where money laundering comes into play? Well, a lot of peer-to-peer solutions exist outside the long arm of regulation, which contrary to the beliefs of some people is not always the best thing for a functioning market. While there's some benefit in not having an intermediary, you know, at the moment, that's outweighed by a number of issues, the foremost of which is that it reduces the risk of detection for money launderers. You know, that, in turn, is garnering the attention of regulators and law enforcement. So in order for any of those businesses involved in this space to survive, they'll need to prepare you know, for that increased attention. Now, I actually talk about it in greater detail on my blog at javelinstrategy.com. I speak a lot about it, and, and I think it's, it's worth a look if you're interested. And then talking about peer-to-peer payments and how all of this touches the mobile space, what about social media? And I actually saw something this morning that was talking about Facebook you know, perhaps being the next avenue for payments. And Facebook, of course, has been tossed around for a while. And, and Twitter is another social media outlet that we've talked about. How do you see some of this unfolding into the emerging payments landscape? Well, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, peer-to-peer, you had things like Facebook's credits or, you know, even like Google Bucks, which never got off the ground. Yeah, I know that Facebook pulled back and that Google thing never even got started. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fear of regulation. And not just in the United States, Facebook was getting far more attention than they liked. And there's a lot of unanswered questions. And, you know, considering how hard regulators are looking at both Google and Facebook, I don't know what kind of steps they're going to be taking, if any, just yet. That obviously leaves a, a huge opportunity for uh, the other social media players or the social networking players, for Foursquare, for Twitter, for anybody who's, who's willing to step into the space. It's a good chance. It's just you have to be mindful of uh, potential pitfalls because, you know, the government's going to be looking at you pretty hard. And so when we talk about social media, how do you see that being tethered to mobile and what unique concerns does that connection between mobile and social networking bring to the table? Yeah, again, I don't see much forward progress in the digital currency space, uh, but should they decide to move forward, Facebook and Google will be in a great position to leverage social media to promote the use of digital currencies. Now, the same is true of mobile wallets. But our data suggests that consumers are not interested in Facebook or Google as wallet providers. They're much more interested in players like Visa or PayPal. Uh, Again, that's some of the data we have in our recent wallets report. Uh, But to answer the question, 
the install base of mobile devices are pretty vulnerable. You know, and consumers could be exposed to the same types of attacks that have plagued social networking in general, just on a different access device. So that's really something they need to be mindful of. And then what security and anti-fraud solutions are service providers seeking for mobile transactions, whether that be biometrics, for instance? I know that there have been some deployments that have used uh, facial recognition, for instance, or fingerprint recognition and even voice recognition. The biometrics gets a lot of interest. I know that consumers view them very positively. You know, with a large percentage interested in using them, I believe it's seven out of ten. And uh, you know, those that have used them give them really high marks uh, for convenience and effectiveness. You know, I believe the industry is becoming aware of the trend, and the technologies are actually starting to mature to a point where they should be deployed at least conservatively. Voice and facial recognition lend themselves pretty well to the mobile space, you know, as the hardware necessary to implement them is built right into the device. They need to address issues, you know, such as false positives for voice recognition or the potential for almost a type of replay attack. You know, with facial, you know, you take a photo of somebody, very often that can be used, and we've seen that they can be used, a photo, as a proxy for a consumer to gain access. So, you know, those things need to be taken care of, but we're right at the point where they're going to be able to address them, where we're going to see some real massive adoption. And I honestly see them as, you know, a, a strong future solution in the mobile space. And then, Alphonse, how can banks and credit unions work now toward ensuring that they actually have a stake in the mobile and emerging payment security space, especially with so many technical nuances as well as technology advancements, and not to mention some of these other non-financial players that are also trying to get a stake in the market? I think FIs need to ensure that those mobile wallet implementations that they are backing, um, that the tools they, they plan on using, supporting, or rebranding, have the degree of security that consumers expect of their mobile banking platforms or better. You know, they have a great base of consumers who would make the leap to a mobile wallet if offered by their bank. But if it's done wrong as far as security, then you could potentially lose not just the mobile wallet customer, but also the banking customer. You know, that's a pretty serious concern. Now, I wanted to ask about any progressive institutions that you see in the space, if you had some examples maybe of financial institutions that are making some progressive deployments. But before I jump to that question, I wanted to ask Alphonse, you mentioned your blog, do you have any upcoming projects that broach some of this information where mobile is concerned that financial institutions might want to keep an eye out for? Well, not upcoming, but we just had our uh, battle for the mobile wallet report, and that's a great place to start. Uh, there was a lot of buzz around that one, and for good reason. You know, I think the findings will surprise a lot of people. And it's just a really well done and informative piece. Uh, our annual mobile security report is actually due out, though, before the end of the year. And again, you know, with the state of mobile security, it's going to be a must-read for anybody with a vested interest in mobile as a financial tool. And, you know, of course, that's pretty much where it's all going. And then before we close, what about progressive institutions? Do you see any institutions making movement in the mobile payment space? We are speaking with FIs pretty regularly. You know, they're working to find the best mobile security solutions they can right now. And a lot of that does involve looking, you know, at biometrics. You know, beyond that, I think they're taking their time with mobile wallets, and not just to see how the ecosystem is shaping up, you know, as far as players and consumer expectations, but also get an idea of the potential security pitfalls. You know, it's a great opening for vendors who can offer bank products, you know, with strong security. Again, we've just heard from Alphonse Pasquale of Javelin. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.